It's not like you've never been on TikTok and you don't see people like, whoa, that's such a free lifestyle. Like they're wearing crop tops and they, they go into music festivals. Like we don't live in a bubble. Like we know there's a real world out there. Like do these people seem actually free? What is real freedom? I'm Tanya, and you are listening to Season 2 of Human and Holy, a podcast where we discuss spiritual ideas in human terms. Today's episode is sponsored by Basia Wundt Ryder, in honor of her husband, Chaim Dovalazar ben Lea Devora, whose Hebrew birthday was this past week, wishing Ellie a year of koach and revealed blessings. Basia also sponsored today's episode in honor of the Elias Hanishama of her cousin, Eva Shlomit Bat Ilana Esther. Eva always had a smile on her face and kept her Amuna strong. May she continue to be a blessing for her family and Klal Yisrael, and may the learning done through today's episode help her Nishama soar to even greater heights. If you would like to sponsor an episode or become a supporter of the podcast on Patreon, which is an online platform where you can give a small amount each month to support the growth of the podcast, please visit the link in the show notes, patreon.com slash human and holy, or email us at humanandholy at gmail.com. All right. Today's episode is a fun one, and I'm so excited for you to hear it. I'm joined by my sister-in-law as co-host, Sarah Herson, and together we're going to take you through the hallways of the largest Chabad high school in the world, Beisrifka High School in Brooklyn, New York, to hear teens speak on their perspective of true freedom. Being a teenager in a religious setting is an interesting dynamic because on the one hand, for many teens, it's a time to really lean against your environment's boundaries, whether internally or externally, and to ask questions and discover who you are. And at the same time, these girls that we spoke to are pre-committed to Torah and are choosing a Hasidic way of life. How do they experience the Torah's message of freedom? Do they feel restricted by Jewish law or liberated by it? What limits them in their life and what frees them? Today's episode is the second in a three-part series on Pesach, where we are exploring the messages of the holiday of freedom from a couple different angles. We're going to start off in the hallway. During their afternoon recess, it's 3.10 p.m. Girls mill around the microphones. Some poke their heads into our corner of the hallway and walk away. And others ask to speak. What podcast are you recording for? Why do you guys have mics set up in the middle of the school building? Some are nervous, their voices shaking a little. And others are shockingly confident. Everyone is cheering each other on. Within five minutes of being there, my voice is completely hoarse. 
All right, who wants to talk? Anyone. Anyone? Anyone want to be brave? Yeah, come on up. Come on up. For yeah. sure. Hi. Hi. What's your name? Masia Shafrin. Nice to meet you. I'm Tanya. Hi. Do you have any limitations that get in the way of you achieving your full potential? Yes. You want to give any, share any examples? My mind. How do you get over it? When you realize there's something higher than your mind, there's something deeper, you like could get above that. Wow. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. Coming up, Risha. Go for it. Hi. Hi, Risha. Hi. Should I spit out my gum? Go, Risha. Um, you do you. You do you. Should I do? Just how about introduce yourself? Okay. Hi, my name is Risha Bayarski. Hi. Hey, what's up? <laughs> Can you sing the Seder song for us? Absolutely not. Why? I don't sing, you know. Oh, okay, okay. Um, this is like a talking um, podcast, yeah. you know. <laughs> not like a singing position? Right, okay. right. I'm not really like, I didn't sign up for choir. All right, so I'm thinking, like, what do I want to go with here? How about this? What does true freedom mean to you? It's a tough one. Definitely personal expression. I think that when you're able to express yourself in a public environment without being embarrassed or scared of what people are thinking, I think that everyone has their own personal exile inside of them. (laughs) Inside of them. When you aren't embarrassed of what people think, when you don't care what people think of you, and you just do your thing, be who you are, I think you're truly free. Nice. Nice. Can I ask, press a little more, like when you said do your thing and be who you are? Yeah. Who are you? That's like a really deep question. Yeah. Risha, who are you? Thank you, Risha, yeah. very much. Yeah, she's Bye, guys. Bye, thank you for coming. Thanks so much for hosting me. Okay, hi. Human and Holy. Human and Holy. Sorry, you go. your turn. Hey, I love your necklace. Love it. How are you feeling? Nervous? Feeling really excited. First of all, what's your name? My name is Alicia Tamir. Awesome. Where are you from? I can't hear you. I'm from Crown Heights. Nice. Yeah, born and raised. You already know it. Crown Heights, sir. <laughs> Crown Heights, Born and bred. Yeah. Okay, so we're asking a bunch of people questions about Pesach. Okay. Okay. You saw Risha. You got this? <laughs> yeah, I got okay. this. I want to know, what does true freedom mean to you? What does true freedom mean? Mm-hmm. Honestly, I was just thinking about this. I feel like, you know, it's actually funny because, like, I'm a senior this year. And, like, my entire life, I just sort of was fed, like, mouth-fed, like, growing up in Crown Heights and, like, being in the Jewish community. And, like, you know your whole life what you're supposed to do. And, you know, you leave high school and you're going to the real world and you kind of have to decide what everything actually means, like, to yourself. Right. So I think freedom is, like, the point when you sort of realize what you want to do and you sort of, like, become your own person. And, I love that. You know? Yeah. <laughs> And you figure yourself out. It's yeah. like, you're not spoon-fed anymore. You're yeah. going into the real world. This is who you want to be. Yeah. You have to make that. Yeah, for sure. I love that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Okay. No, honestly, my heart is beating so fast right Okay, now. you got this. This is my one chance for fame. You got this. Don't want to mess you it up. You got this. What's your name? Goldie. Goldie, hi. Hi. Okay, here's my question to you. Oh my gosh. What does... <laughs> I'm so nervous. <laughs> what does true freedom mean to you? That's a good question. I would say living your life with complete confidence in yourself and zero fear of what others have to say or think. Nice. I love like it. anything you do, you're like, oh, that's me. I don't care. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Do you? Yeah. Who? So cliche. 
but like no. that's when you feel free. Not cliche at all. My question to you, I'm going to probe a little deeper. So when you say you being who you are and not really caring what other people are thinking because you're so who you are, who is that you that you are seeking to be that you're able to be in that space where you don't care what other people think? Whoa. I don't know. Good person vibes, you know, <laughs> trying to do my best. <laughs> I don't know. What am I? That would be freedom. I'll go find my freedom. I'll search that. I'm okay, also nice. a senior. I love it. I'm no, leaving. that was great. Thank you. So thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Razel. Super simple. What's your favorite thing about Pesach? So I'm I'm on Shlachas. So Pesach, my parents are very into the fact that first day of Pesach, like a lot of times I am in Taivim. We have to get very caught up in like like Chabad house and like being busy with Chabad like shlachas. But the first day of Pesach, it's like just me and my family at the seder. And I remember when I was younger, just we had our parents' full attention. And yeah, for me, Pesach means family. Yeah, that's beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you. For I'm so scared right now. Okay, Hi. I'm going to ask you the same question. What's your favorite thing about Pesach? I think my favorite thing about Pesach would be, okay, so we have like all of our cousins over because my cousins aren't really religious. So we're kind of like the one like spreading the Yiddishkeit and we like have like our own like Sephardi traditions and we have like our Chabad traditions and it's like a whole mix and it's like our whole family. A little fusion going yeah, on. Yeah, a little fusion going on, a little, a little mixture. A little bit of this, a little um, bit of that. Yeah. Pesach really means me like family and togetherness and spreading Yiddishkeit pretty much. And yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Before I do it. What sure. was the question? No, here's a different question oh, for you. Scary? Pesach comes up with a lot of restrictions, right? You can't eat this. You have to clean the house. You can't do this. And then you have to sit down. You have to read the Haggadah. It can seem really restrictive. Do you feel that way? Do you feel limited by that? How do you deal with that? So I think it's very possible that if you lose sight of what really is the bigger picture, then yes, you could feel that way. But I think if it's explained in like a proper way and everyone in your family does it with like excitement and is excited to clean, excited to follow all the rules and makes it exciting, add stuff, make new food that you wouldn't normally make during the year, then you could definitely change it and make it exciting and it won't feel restrictive. So it's all about like the attitude. But making the pace off yeah. here is beautiful. Who wants to go next? Myla. Hello, waiting for someone to come up to the mic. Hi, what's your name? Hi, my name is Miriam Friend. Hi, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. My question to you is this. Do you feel liberated by halacha or restricted by it? I think that some halacha is like, wow, like I understand. And yes, like I totally feel like it really restricts you, but in a very like healthy way, like so it only does good for you, like CS, et cetera, like other stuff. And then uh, definitely some halachas, when you don't understand, it's hard to not feel restricted. But I guess when you like actually learn deeper, you'll understand. But we're still getting there. Yeah. I love it. Thank you. Are you brave enough? Yes. To sing your favorite Pesach song. Yeah, but he has to close the ears. Perfect. Okay, fine. Are you, is your ears closed? They're, they're like good. very close. They're good. Like Kali's are close. Yes. Okay. Ela ela haitiana haitiana bemet I am haitiana bemet die ne die die ne. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Great way to start. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna go back. You ready? Yeah. Define freedom without using the word freedom. Okay. Let's think. Being able to express yourself in a way that doesn't feel like 
cut off and like you're able to like be like, hey, this is who I am. This is what I represent and this is what I stand for. And when you're able to be like, wow, I'm able to say my decisions, say what I think, say what I believe without feeling cut off, feeling like people are judging you, people are looking at you and you're happy and content within yourself. That is what I define done in. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. Do you feel like you've found that freedom? I feel like everyone sometimes like whether or not you're in like a happy place in your life, like you feel a little bit of that content, like freedom of happiness. And I think that it's like a, like a growing journey. Sometimes like you're going to be so happy and amazed with like what's going on in your life. And sometimes you feel like you're falling and there's no way to get up. But I think that to find like a middle balance of, wow, like I'm doing good. Thank God. This is great. But you know, sometimes it doesn't always have to be, uh, you know, I won the lottery. I got accepted to my favorite seminary. Like it has to be something that's within yourself. And you're like, wow, like I'm doing this. And no matter what I do, I'm still on this road of life and I'm still going and moving and I'm happy. And yeah. Beautiful. I love Thank how you, you mentioned the constant wave of it doesn't yeah. have to be this whole hurrah. Thank yeah. you for sharing. No problem. Thank, Thank you. you. Hi. Hi, what's your name? Sharni Levin. I really don't know. Okay. Sharni Levin. Okay. I would like to hear your opinion on this. What do you think true freedom would look like for our society? I feel that it would look like if everyone truly did what they believed in and not what society says to do and everyone would truly not just look at what other people are doing and just do what they feel is right and everyone would have their own mind and not just parrot the way others are acting and the way others just do what they feel is right believe in themselves and be you i love it hey shana how are you what is freedom so i actually just recently wrote an essay about freedom oh perfect freedom means different for so many people. There was one part of the essay that I explained. Sometimes freedom also means being limited. My analogy was like a fish in water. If a fish leaves the water and you take him out of the water, he dies. So for him, freedom means being restricted by that water bowl. Beautiful. I love that. Thank you. Come on, bring the microphone close to your mouth. Hi, what's your name? Hi, I'm Khyla Groner. Hi, Khyla, how are you? Can you share a time in your life where you felt truly free? Okay. Get the right podcast face. Thanks, that's a compliment. Okay, it's a really personal question. I know. <laughs> you can make it like a general society thing and I'll totally answer that. I know, but like I want the personal answer. I feel like it's so much more impactful, but... If you want me okay, to pass, we'll I'll pass. try. You want to try? I'll try. Okay. Okay. So I find to be really passionate about when someone's in a good time and like generally things are good and enjoying life. I find that when you take that moment to step out of your box and look out for others, even though you are so able to be so enwrapped in your positive time and your good time and just enjoy it and live it and feel it and love it when you are able to, and that's a free time of freedom really like in every way, but when you're able to really step out of that and focus your attention on other people during that amazing time, I feel is so truly freeing because it makes that good time last forever. <laughs> that's so beautiful. Wow. All right. Thank you guys all so much. Have a wonderful day and listen to the podcast when it comes out. Come with us to the 11th grade English class. Second floor, 
Classroom 209. The teacher is a young Australian Chabad woman in her 20s. When I reach out to ask her if we can join her class, she tells me that they have just been discussing freedom in her classroom, that she is in middle of grading their essays on that subject as we speak. What you are about to hear is a classroom of 25 students, a brave and honest conversation where the girls volley back and forth with these ideas. If Jewish law limits us in what we can do, how does it free us? Who am I, really? And what do I seek to express? Hi, everyone. We're so excited to be here. My name is Tanya Khazanov. And I'm Sarah Herson. So, obviously, your teacher, what did they call you? Hana, Miss Hershevitz. I don't know. Miss Hershevitz. So, she already introduced you to what we're going to be doing today, but I want to just share a little bit about the structure of how we're going to do it. Hana is going to share a little bit open for us about the concept that we're going to be discussing. We're going to be discussing true freedom, what it means to not live guided by our limitations, but to live by our freest, truest selves. Sarah or I will ask a question. If you feel like you want to answer that question, you can raise your hand. This is the moving seat right here. So introducing Hannah Hershevitz, teacher in Basrifka High School. Hannah, can you introduce to us a little bit about this topic of freedom that we learn through Pesach thousands of years ago? There was a great exodus from Egypt, and every single year we have that opportunity to experience that in our lives. So Tell us a little bit about this concept. So I always say Judaism happens vertically and horizontally, like we have Tishrei Cheshvan Kislev in a horizontal fashion. But Judaism also is applied in a vertical fashion. The fact that Pesach happened in 2448 means that the power of Pesach is a power that comes with us every single year. And the power that we have in the Pesach of this year, 5773, is the same power that was given to us all those years ago. So it's something that's very present in our lives. There's a beautiful Maima Bechal Darvadar that the Rebbe basically explains that in every single generation, and the altar Rebbe adds Bechal Yom Yom Bechal Sha'ah Vesha'ah, every day, every hour, every minute, we can tap into this idea of freedom in our everyday lives. And I think in the real world, there is this conception of freedom. We live in America, which is the land of the free. That freedom has turned into this word that we throw around and Judaism really challenges the very definition of freedom. And I think in our classroom, we have challenged what freedom really is because I don't think I'm a constricted person, but from the second I wake up to the second I go to sleep, there's a book of rules and regulations that sort of monitor what I eat and what I do and what I wear. But yet I feel like the freest person in the world. So Judaism challenges freedom. The Rebbe challenged freedom. And I heard a beautiful sikha, a beautiful and that the rabbi spoke about Howard Hughes, who was a billionaire in the 60s and basically died from malnutrition. And in our classroom, we talk about concentration camps and what is true freedom. And the rabbi said there were people in the concentration camp that were freer than Howard Hughes. Why? Because they tapped into true freedom. And what's true freedom? Tapping into your chelakilakai. Because your chelakilakai is infinite, when you tap into your chelakilakai and you tap into that element of infinity, then you are truly free because you're above the limitations of the world. So as Yidin, when Pesach comes, we're tapping into that idea that we 
essentially a people that when Pesach came around, we tapped into that true element of infinity, that we, true freedom is choosing your values. And every single day you have to remind yourself of that. What does freedom really mean? Because I think as Yidin, I think as Lubavitches being free, we are free people. We're not constricted. Like people look at us like shame. They have so many rules, but I always say, you can't play guitar if the strings aren't tied down. Like real freedom is recognizing the power that we have as Yidin. We're so powerful. And I feel like the freest person in the world. And I'm a base Rifka teacher. Like, and you would think that I'm not the freest person in the world because more than my friends living in Crown Heights, I have to be on every moment of my life. I'm, I have to be on. Like going to Empire Kush, I have to be on. It's not like... I can just come to base. It's not a job. It's like mm. a lifestyle. But yet I feel so free because I have a purpose and I feel so lucky and I know what I'm doing with my life and I know I'm making a difference. So I've never felt more free in my entire life, even though my friends think I'm crazy. That was so beautiful. Thank you. I love this. Oh, I let's, love this. Let's give her some more. It's like poetry slam vibes. All right. Hannah, thank you so much. I'm now going to open the floor to the classroom. All right. Anyone? From the right, I see two people who look like they're ready. I'm, getting, I'm, getting, I'm getting energy over here. Okay. Tell us your name. Hi, I'm Goldie. Okay. So I just want to talk a little bit about how the Pesach story and Yitzhak Mitzrayim, like how that really is applicable to our lives because it's something we learn about. It's something that's real. But I just feel like specifically when we learn about the concept of Mitzrayim in our lives and like boundaries... I think as teenagers, as people, that is really any feeling of like uncertainty or insecurity or I'm not good enough or any limitation that you put on yourself. And if I may, you actually touched on this in your episode with Hannah Kalmanson. Yeah, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm an avid listener. <laughs> where she, in that conversation specifically, she was discussing Hashem as a partner in your life. And at one point she was talking about how people have this constant like yearning and longing and like she was talking about in the way of like searching for a partner but you discussed how that really is like that is just your soul grappling with this reality and struggling in your body and just to bring it back to this conversation how I feel like it's important for us to remember that the struggles that we have and like these feelings of angst and it's very real and we definitely feel it but it's important to remember that it 100% aligns with like your soul and your spiritual life. Like it's a very real thing. It's not something to just ignore. And it's definitely like, I think that's what Mitzrayim is. Nice. I love that. That's beautiful. Thank, Thank you. you. I really liked what you said in the beginning. And I think Hannah, you touched on it too. It seems like there's like a lot of restrictions with freedom. It seems, what is freedom? How did people define it? It was kind of like you let go. There was nothing holding you back. But on Pesach, it's the season of freedom, right? You have to clean up. You can't eat chametz. There's so many restrictions. But within those restrictions, there's so much freedom. Like you said, you're a base Rifka teacher. Like that seems like it's so inhibiting. Like, what is that? Just a base Rifka? But you feel so free. And within those restrictions, within that box, you, it's funny how people find so much freedom within the restrictions. No? Yeah. Like the freedom to express who you are only happen, happens within those restrictions. Right. Yeah. I love that. That's beautiful. Anyone want to add to this conversation about limitations, true freedom? The restrictions make you look deeper and find the freedom within the restriction. 
What do you mean that the restrictions make you look deeper? If there's no restrictions, then you think you can just do whatever you want. So then you think you're just free. So there's, you just take a face value, freedom as at face value when there's restrictions and you say, well, obviously if we're supposed to be free, then freedom is not just do whatever you want. Cause there must be deeper meaning to freedom. Okay. Nice. So what I'm thinking when you're talking Tivia, is that when we say expressing our soul through Torah and mitzvahs, which is what God gave us as like our vehicles for expressing our soul. Some people feel really constricted by halacha and by the Torah. Some people feel really liberated by it. But I'm wondering if anyone could talk to that. What do you do when halacha feels constricting? Do you want to come on up? Yeah, come on up. Awesome. Like a lot of restrictions are put in place to keep us safe. Like a lot of like chukim, I guess we don't understand. Like you don't get it and it's restricting like sorry. But there are so many restrictions that are there for a reason. And there's so many deeper meanings to keep you safe, like milk and meat, like as in milk and fish or whatever, but like, it's like health and it's restricting because between meals, you need to like clean, like between meals, this and that, but it's keeping you safe. I guess restrictions are like safety and like the boundaries are like a safety measure. Mm. In some sense. Boundaries. I like that word. It's kind of like bowling. You know, when you put the guards up, they're only helping you by getting you to your end goal. Yeah, you're going to be hitting the sides and it's going gonna, it's gonna to get there, but it has to hit those sides. You have to have tunnel vision. But at the same time, Mitzarim are our boundaries. So what are the boundaries? We're meant to go out of our, our Mitzarim, our boundaries, right? On one hand, we have to go out of them. But on the other hand, it's like we're saying these boundaries are amazing. So it just seems like a big contradiction. What are the real boundaries? Like, what does it mean to go out of yourself? Is escapism going out of yourself? It's not like you've never been on TikTok and you don't see people like, whoa, that's such a free lifestyle. Like they're wearing crop tops and they, they go into music festivals. Like we don't live in a bubble. Like we know there's a real world out there. Like do these people seem actually free? What is real freedom? Let's be real with ourselves. People look at us on the street like we are Nebach, shame. She has to wear those mid-calf skirts. I mean, people don't actually care. I don't actually think people look at us like that. But I think sometimes we think of ourselves what is true freedom? Like, why are we so free? Let's not kid ourselves. There are a lot of rules and restrictions. What makes a yid free? What makes a yid truly free? Think about it. It's all the holiday of freedom. What is freedom? So I feel like people are getting mixed up between mitzvahim that limit us and mitzvahs that limit us. Mitzvahs are not mitzvahim. Mitzvahs help us break out of our mitzvahim. And when we kind of go into our limitations, let's say something that we think is limiting us. It's not the mitzvahs. It's something else. So like when people say like, I want to break out and then they're like, I don't like this lifestyle. So they just completely abandon it. They're not freeing themselves. They're locking up their true selves and like tying it in a box and taking what they think is their true self and freeing that. But that's not really who you are. It's like Tyra is only here for your benefit and your mitzvahs are not mitzvahs. Mitzvahs are not limiting you. They're helping you break out of your mitzvahs. So when you do what you're supposed to do. You're not locking up your true self and showing something that's not true out to the world. You're actually freeing your true self and living your true self. And when we live according to our neshamais, that's our true self. That's who we really, really want to be at our core. And I think people think that freedom is doing whatever you want. And when you realize that what you really want is what your neshama wants, that's true freedom. Okay. So beautiful. Wait, I actually want to ask you something. Come, come, come back, come back, come back. My question to you, I love what you said. It's so beautiful and really profound and so true. What should someone do when they do experience 
that their neshama is coming in conflict with what they want? I think it's really hard, for sure, because we have all our preconceived notions of what we want. All the things that you want to do that you can't do are not really what you want to do at your true self. And I think it takes a lot of hard work personally. And I think you have to speak to people and learn what you need to learn to really help yourself recognize that. Mm. I don't want what I think I want. And when I want what I think I want, I'm just going to keep on locking myself in and getting more and more entrenched in this needing more. It's not going to satisfy me. Okay. So what Sarahana said about accepting that sometimes what you want isn't really what you want. Also, sometimes you have to take into account Kabbalah Sol, because if you don't recognize that a mitzvah is a boundary, sometimes you just have to have Kabbalah Sol and just do that mitzvah, even if you think it's restricting. Just like, like a parent who tells their kid, you need to go to sleep at nine o'clock. You can't eat that candy. You can't run into the street. For the kid, they could really, really, truly think that they're being restricted by that. Mm. And they don't see that their parent is doing good for them. They actually think, why is my mother being so mean by telling me to go to bed at 8.30? But then they just listen to their parent because they have no other choice, cabal cell. And it's really for their good. At the end of the day, we have to try to understand our mitzvahs and learn and try to do it with love and with the understanding was sometimes we also just have to have Kabbalah Sol and do it and realize that Hashem did it for the good. And Hashem put mitzvahs there for us to connect to Him. I think everything Kana said was 100% true. But if you're using in, like with the term freedom, that's not necessarily freedom. Because someone could say, yeah, my bedtime is at 8.30 and yeah, that child has to go to bed at 8.30 and it's the right thing for him to go to bed at 8.30. But does that child see it as freedom? So I think that everything she said is true, but not in the context of freedom specifically. So if you would say that if you believe truly that what Hashem is doing, that's good, then that is freedom. If you truly believe that what he's doing is good for you, but not necessarily is freedom just like, if you see everything from a different eye, like even if you don't understand it, that's what Sarah said, or I don't remember who said, that's Kabbalah's all, doing something because he said. That's not freedom of you. Freedom of you is when you see the actual revealed good happening. And so sometimes you see it and sometimes you don't. I don't think there's a way to say that at all times you feel freedom just because you're following what Hashem says. Okay, so you're saying you're not always going to feel freedom just because you're doing what Hashem says. Feel freedom or experience freedom? I'm, I'm saying, saying freedom is when you see it. So experiencing it, like when it like works in your favor, maybe that's freedom. Yeah, like people who like see like, like there's always like these crazy stories. Like we all know crazy stories about things like I listened to this and I didn't do it. And so then this huge miracle happened to me. But like to say that at all times you feel freedom because you're doing mitzvahs, it's just false. It's not true. At least for me, I'm talking for myself. Yeah, I appreciate your honesty. But, yeah. Okay. Anyone want to respond? Coming up. So yes. What Zelda said is a thousand percent true that in our everyday life, sometimes we don't experience it, but that's where the whole conversation at the beginning about tapping into your etem and realizing who your true self is. Because in my external perception of who I am, I feel like I don't like these boundaries and these mitzvahs are restricting and I don't feel free. But when you, when you learn to tap into your etem, you realize that. It is freedom to your etzem. So Kabbalah only seems free once you are connected to your etzem and tap into your etzem. So it's like a two-step process. Okay, nice. So it sounds a little bit like you don't want to be living in that state of like right. Kabbalah Sol. You want to be living right. in a state where like you're revealing the etzem so you experience it. Right. And once your etzem is revealed, that's like step one. And then even the mitzvahs that seem restricting, once you realize who you are on the inside and you realize your etzem, then... Once you're actually in tune with that and you're living in tune with that, then even the things that seem like restrictions and they actually do seem like restrictions before mm. you tap into your etzim, right. you realize that they're just, that you realize that they are for the good because you realize that Hashem is good and you are connected to your etzim. 
So it's kind of like Kabbalah soul is, is the first step is what you're saying. In order to get past like viewing it as a restriction, you have to do it. But then you tap into that, you learn into it, and then you no longer feel restricted. Oh, I was kind of saying the opposite. Oh, you're saying the opposite. No, I was saying that you have to be in tune with your etzim. And once you're in tune with your etzim, then things that you do because of Kabbalah soul don't seem restricting anymore. Because mm. when you're not in tune with your etzim and you just do things with Kabbalah soul, that's when you're resentful and you feel restricted. Yeah. But right. if you start by tuning into your etzim and understanding your etzim and like learning Tanya, you learn about yourself. And then you realize that once you're in tune with your your true like neshama and the way you want to live, then Kabbalah soul is not restricting. That's why it's so important to learn about yourself and learn Tanya because to just have Kabbalah soul, then people become resentful. Once they're not restricted to the life of Yiddishkeit, then they just leave because they everything was because of Kabbalah soul. And once that's not there, then everything's done. But if you're in tune with your etzem, then certain mitzvahs, even if they're really hard for you, once you're in tune with your etzem, you realize that I'll do it because of Kabbalah soul because I know my true etzem. Etzem comes first. And then once you're in tune with yourself, everything just works. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Wow. It's like Kabbalah soul then is actually like a natural thing that right. like it's you because you recognize that it's an expression of yourself. It doesn't feel like an right. external it's kind force. of like when a child becomes a teenager, then like once they actually are in tune with themselves, once they're a little older, they understand that those boundaries that their parents put on them were actually for their good and they understand the reasoning behind it. Right. And I feel like there has to be that element of choice, which is that when it's my choice to express my etem and my soul through Tarin Mitzvahs, then I'm understanding that I'm like actually channeling my truest self, then I could experience it with joy. But if it feels like someone else is telling it to me, and even if someone else being Hashem, and you see Hashem as something that's outside of you and external to you, then it does feel like a limitation. I think that it's only when you see it as something that's part of you and your essence, and it's like who you truly are. And when there's that choice, I think that's when it can be done with joy. Yeah, I was going to say something very similar, that Kabbalah soul is not a way of forcing yourself to do things. When you're not in the mood of the mitzvah, you're not supposed to say like, Kabbalah soul, I'm going to do it anyway. I mean, you are supposed to do that, but Kabbalah soul doesn't mean forcing yourself to do a mitzvah when you don't want to. It's a mindset that you're going to do it for Hashem, even though you, you feel like you don't want to do it right now. So Kabbalah soul it shouldn't be like a negative thing that you have to force yourself to do mitzvahs, even when you're not in the mood. It's more like, I'm choosing to do it even though it's not something I want right now, it's because Hashem wants me to do it and that's the right thing. Who's the real I? Like, what is Hashem? It's We see Hashem sometimes as outside of ourselves and that's the real issue because we see Hashem as a man in the sky. But if we reevaluate and realize we're a piece of Hashem, then instead of looking at ourselves like, oh, Kabbalah's all, I, there's this master above me that's whipping me instead of being like, no, no, no. My real essence is Hashem, then it just changes the game. Do you know what I'm saying? Because I'm actually choosing to be really myself. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. 100%. But I, I mean, I agree, no, I agree with what you're saying. But obviously, you're not born feeling like the Hashem yeah. inside of you is revealed. So that yeah. that's your job, basically, is to reveal the Hashem inside of you, like we said, by learning and by like talking to people and coming to understand that. And once you have that Hashem and you like activated, actually, I don't know if you can ever get to that stage where it's going to be like activated full on. But once you learn enough and you have that mindset, then it gets easier. Yeah, you're more aware of it. Yeah. Nice. Also, the words Kabbalah Sol itself mean accepting a yoke. It's not someone's putting it on you. You're accepting it yourself. So that is also like a big part of it. It's not just like if someone's putting it on you, then it's one thing. When you're accepting it, it's coming from yourself. Nice. So I feel personally like Kabbalah Sol does not bring freedom at all. I understand what everyone was saying, but like I feel like Halacha and Torah in general 
has restrictions and guidelines and every single person has desires and challenges and what they want to do. And it's going to go against halachas and guidelines because that's how we are. And we have an Efesha Bahamas, we have Taivas, like we have other things that we want. And I feel like freedom is like every single person they're searching their whole life. They want to feel fulfilled. They want to feel purpose. They want to feel like their life has meaning. And I feel like beginning with Kabbalah Saul is not practical. Like that's just how I feel. So where should we begin? With knowing yourself and feeling confident in your values and who you are as a person. And then with that, you can go on to the level of Kabbalah Saul and doing things because, because I am a Jew and I have an Ashama, then I am a child of God. And then I can do something because that is what my father, like God said I should do. But to start with that, to start with, oh, because my father said I should do this. So that's why I'm going to do this. How does that make anyone feel purpose? Great. That was beautiful. I love what you shared. I love what you shared. And I would love to explore that a little bit more. If anyone wants to go into that a little bit about how Kabbalah Saul is so integral but what's the starting point? How do I hook in my Nefesh Bahamas and my animal soul? And how do I, how do I get to that place of love, excitement of wanting, of wanting to do what God wants and wanting to connect to my soul? So we've been talking a little bit about the first step of the two-step process of what comes first, knowing yourself or Kabbalah's all, or basically knowing the chain of reaction of things. And I think the first step is, I think a lot of us struggle with, we're told the truth is tired. We, to, we told the truth that since we're young, that tired is the truth. And that's what makes us the most free. That's what makes us in tune with ourselves. And that's what we should stay in line with. But then as life goes on, we come into a struggle with ourselves. Is that really what I think? Am I just eating what I've been told my entire life? Or is that really what I think? And I think that if you're struggling with that feeling, is Tara the real path for me? Or am I supposed to be on another life direction? How do I go about that challenge? I know I want to stay in the entire path, but I'm not feeling that right now. Mm. And I think the first step is it's pure, like simple, Amunas Hashem. Do you believe in Hashem or not? And, and it's a very scary question because of course I do, but like why? And so I think that when we're raised from learning the Olive Bays, like when we're two years old, like I think the first thing to know is before we're even old enough to know ourselves and know our opinions and know our thoughts and our values, we have to know, do we believe in Hashem or not? And if we don't and we want to, we have to learn a lot about that. And we have the Rebbe's Sikhas and all these other outlets nowadays to try to explore that. So then if we come to that conclusion that we believe in Hashem, we know that that's the truth, then we could go in ourselves and see what our values are and then where entire do our values come out and then use those mitzvahs to express ourselves, if that makes sense. Freedom is about expressing your inner values and yourself. And so we have to look inside Tyra once we believe in it and say, which mitzvahs bring out the self that I know? It's like, which mitzvahs are going to be my outlet? Oh, beautiful. But I can only I know that. that. I can only go to mitzvahs to be my outlet if I first believe in the foundation of what terror is and what mitzvahs are and what Hashem is. Mm. So I think the first wow. step before even Kabbalah's Allah knowing yourself is that is plain and simple Amunas Hashem. I think that's the first step. But that was it's a beautiful. little bit convoluted. I don't know if that really made sense. Not convoluted at all. I loved that. And I also love that point that you said about finding the mitzvahs that, that feel like freedom because- yeah. Each person's soul is unique and is rooted someplace else. So there are mitzvahs that like you naturally gravitate towards and love and feel expressed by. That's very beautiful. Thank you. I think in my life, I really believe in choosing freedom. Even though you don't feel free every single moment of your life being from, like, let's be real. Let's like be honest people that we don't feel free every single moment of our lives. 
that we spoke about the points in which you choose the freedom. Like me, I don't wake up every morning like, yay, school today. Like some days I'm like, oh, school today. And some days I'm like marking. I hate marking. When it's two o'clock in the morning and I'm when I'm marking things and like preparing a worksheet about the Holocaust where I know I'm going to have nightmares that night. Like it's not like the most pleasant, exciting thing in the world. But then I come to school and I have these amazing students and I'm like, they're so wise and deep and intuitive. And I'm like, wow, this is why I do what I do. So freedom, like Goldie was saying, you constantly choose to be free. And I think Zelda was saying it, everyone was saying it, but I think that was a really powerful point that we spoke about that freedom, it's an avaida. It's something that you're, the fact that it's literally, the rabbi says it's an avaida, you choose to be free. Howard Hughes lived a free lifestyle. He was a billionaire, but it doesn't matter because freedom is something in the mind. It's something that you genuinely choose, but it comes from identifying yourself. I think we live in a world of everyone's like, what do you identify as? Freedom is identifying yourself as a powerful person. I'm a powerful, strong woman. I'm a chalakalakai. I'm amazing. And when I choose to identify as such, it doesn't mean every single second of my life I feel free. It doesn't mean that. But it means that I have chosen something that I have to constantly work on myself to remind myself why I have chosen that lifestyle. Because I know in the bigger picture, there's bigger picture and smaller picture, that it's true freedom. Because I know what freedom really means. It means sticking true to my values and being the best version of me. I feel like I can express myself more in base Rifka than I can at any other platform. And I feel the freest I've ever felt. Because freedom is not about what you can do and what you can't do. It's about freeing your soul and freeing your power that you have. Like the, the ability to give and the ability to make difference. That's freedom. So I want to talk about that. Do you feel that there's restriction in like the box people put in you? Like, I am Hana. I am a box. I'm, I'm this, I'm that. There's this contradiction. On one hand, you're You're going from the mitzarim and you're going out of your comfort zone. But on the other hand, there's a dichotomy. You're actually really going within yourself. It's both. So I agree with everything that she said. I think that it feels restricting when somebody else puts all the restrictions that you have on you and tells you like, this is what you have to do and you're not allowed to do anything else. And that's when it starts feeling restricting. If you choose it for yourself, then you feel comfortable with what you're doing and it's not like it's something forced and that's how you'll feel free even with the restrictions. It feels really restricting when you don't know about it and when you think there's only one way to do everything and when you're in like a box, like when you box yourself by learning one thing, but to do everything right, there are so many ways to do it. And when you like learn about it enough to be able to choose something, then it's freedom. There's so much places to learn and you can learn so much when you learn about, like if we're talking about Judaism, there's so many ways to do the right thing. And there's so many ways to make it beautiful. And if you learn and find a way that attracts you, and like Kiana said, that you like it and it's how you could express yourself, it's freedom if you're choosing it. But if, if you're just learning one way and that's the way to do it, it's limiting. So it's, it, you need to know. So I guess boxing yourself off and not learning is like the opposite. So. Mm. I actually love that because I think that like sometimes we think that Yiddishkeit is one way. There's, there's one so Hashem, but there's like so many ways of doing it. Like so many beautiful ways of doing it. And they're it. all right. Yeah. So, there are wrong ways, but there are so many right ways that are just, you just need to find one that is free for you. Right. That suits who you are. Yeah. Yeah. That was beautiful. Anyone want to add? Awesome. Coming up. 
Come sit down. So a lot of people are bringing up the point that you find what makes you feel free, like different mitzvahs, but also freedom isn't always about what makes you feel free. Like we live in America, the freest country. There are many rules, many laws. You can't just pick and choose what laws you want. That's not true freedom. So maybe you, freedom is more of a mentality that when you have to do things that even if they don't make you feel free, but you have to have a freedom mentality. Freedom isn't all about you feeling free and every single thing you do, you're like, oh, this is limiting me because at the end of the day, the true us is our neshama and the true freedom is even if you don't feel it. And yes, you can do certain mitzvahs that make you feel free maybe, but you can't just compromise or not do the other ones because at the end of the day, all of them collectively are what are making you free. Okay? Beautiful. Yeah. That's it. And also it's like, if we're saying that the mitzvahs free us, but then you're still a slave to your own perception, then they're not freeing you. So it's a full package. Yeah. You shouldn't, shouldn't can view the mitzvahs and things as limitations and you just have to choose the mindset that it's really bringing you to your true self and bring you to freedom. Beautiful. That's it. Thank you. I just thought it was really beautiful that what everyone was saying is you kind of have to learn about yourself before you can really be free. You kind of have to go inward, lower that outer volume, right? Lower the noise and learn about yourself. Who are you? And you're really your neshama. And once you shut out all the noise, then you can really turn up your inner volume. You can really get in tune with that. And I think that's freedom. Yeah, I love it. Guys, that was so beautiful. Thank you so much to everyone for like bravely coming up to the chair and for sharing. I'm really grateful. I wish you a holiday full of freedom that you should have the strength to be able to tune out the outside noise and hear what your neshama is saying and be able to also identify with your neshama as your actual identity. Have a wonderful day. As I drive home to Connecticut, I reminisce about my own teenage years in those very same hallways. I see my teenage self and the faces of my high school friends reflected in these open-hearted young women. Through their exchange of ideas, they tell their life's story of the journey that they have been born into and are now choosing to embark on, on their own. The journey of souls, sent down into physical bodies. The way we wander through so many hallways. The way we sit down at the desk, again and again, to learn the truths we have always known. Elokai zakinina betoratra uvimitotecha Mikhambevit nishmati tamidecha Mikhambel Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, you can find me on Instagram at humanandholy or via email at humanandholy at gmail.com.
New episodes of the podcast come out every single Sunday morning. If you don't want to miss a single episode, then hit the subscribe button. If you enjoyed today's episode and could take a quick second to leave a rating or review, it means a lot to me and it helps other people find the podcast. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you have a wonderful day.